It's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. The hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. We apologize for getting started a little late. Had some technical difficulties. Still trying to figure out this new uh, setup we've got going on, but hopefully you will come right on in and appreciate the content we give you today and that you will participate and enjoy right in. If you're watching on Facebook Live, welcome. If you're watching on our YouTube channel live, welcome. We're glad to have you guys here and we're glad to be in your screens, on your screens, whatever you guys uh, are watching. Right off the bat, Ryan Wickerham is in. He says, what up guys? What up, Ryan? Good to have you in tonight. Uh, Larry Daniels is in again this week. O-H-I-O. Larry, good to have you as well. Chris, let's dive right into it. Let's talk. Let's let's get our first topic out of the way, man. Now that the national championship is here and gone, and we had the opportunity to watch that on Monday, if you could stand to watch it, my eyes were bleeding by the end of the first half. Did Ohio State have the best roster in 2022? Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, they we took the national champions and we pushed them to the limits. That was our game to lose, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, we had j- just as many horses, if not more, than they did. I think we were superior at quarterback. Uh, we were superior at wide receiver. I think we were on par at running back. And, and you know what? We were running a, a wide receiver in our third uh, – third guy on the depth chart, you know, uh, the offensive line looked great. Uh, you know, they have this, uh, Carter, this highly touted guy who's going to be a top five draft pick and Whipler just owned him for 99% of that game. Uh, you know, defensively, we, we had our struggles with the defensive backs again, but you know what? So did they, uh, you know, our linebackers look good. Our defensive line uh, got pressure. Uh, they were strong in the run game. So I think we were actually the better squad. I think we played the better game. Uh, it, it just didn't reflect on the scoreboard at the end. Um, we have the better roster. We had the better We're roster. Um, I don't. I think collectively, um, those two teams 
and, and maybe this is a crazy thought. I don't know. But if we play those guys 10 times, I think it's 5-5. Five, five. I think they are very – those were the best two teams in college football. They're, they were this, Eric. I will say top to bottom as far as depth goes, I think they were a deeper team. And as far as the team concept goes, they may have been a better team. However, we had, I think, the superior the superior players. Mm. I also think that on on if in that line of thinking, that the game plan we ran, off, especially offensively, up until the time that the targeting call that got wiped away, we actually outcoached them. Now. Fourth quarter is what it is. When you don't have your main target anymore, CJ's basically ripped his heart open, ripped his chest open, showed Buckeye Nation his scarlet and gray heart, and put that team on his back and carried him with his legs out of all things in that fourth quarter to try to will them to victory. But at the end of the day, you had your top two running backs out. You had your top wide, top two wide receivers out. Let's be honest. We had one of yeah. them out for most of the season. You had your top tight end out. There's a lot of offensive weapons that were not there in the fourth quarter that if they were there, I think we have a different outcome in that football game. I don't think it's close. And I tell you who who agrees with us. That'd be Nick Satan. Yeah. Down there in Tuscaloosa. He flat out he flat out came right out and said it, guys. He's he basically said, uh, Ohio State got this game robbed from them by the uh Pac twelve officials. Now, it was not nearly as bad as the bowl game against Clemson a few years ago when the SEC refs basically just willed Clemson to that victory in in their comeback. But it was still some calls that kind of got overturned where you're like, man, I don't know. And I still have yet to see, even in the NFL, a replay camera angle like they had on that fourth down overturn uh, on the sideline. Where did that come from? And (laughs) why haven't we seen that since? That was incredible. Where's this technology been? One play. That's all we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. How often are we ever going to agree with Nick Saban, Eric? Not often, man. He is the devil, by the way. So we, us and Georgia do have that in common, by the way, uh, our thoughts and prayers for the, the, the family of the Georgia athlete and the uh, recruiting coach that lost their lives uh, the day of their celebration of the national championship. Just tragic news for uh, Georgia and their fan base. We're sorry to hear that. Uh, yes, we're competitors, but my gosh, no one wants to wants to hear that. So what do you guys all think out there? Did Ohio State have the best roster in 2022? We want to hear your thoughts. Put your thoughts down in the comment section. We want to know what you think about that. Um, while we're waiting for those comments to roll around and we see what uh, the rest of Buckeye Nation thinks, Chris, let us move on to our next topic. And this is one that by the time people watch this after the recording, those who are live, obviously it makes sense right now, but those who um, uh, will watch this on recording, they will know the answer to this. We're going we're gonna to approach this right now. Is CJ just playing with us, man? Is he really contemplating sticking around for a fourth year and being the starting quarterback and breaking all of Ohio State's records in 2023, man? Well, this is what I think, Eric. You know, honestly, um, I've heard many people, uh, most recently Tyvis Powell, say there's no way he's coming back. 
Uh, but you know what? This isn't the the era where you had, uh, you know, quarterbacks had to leave to make that money. I truly believe that CJ wants to come back. I truly believe that. But what I think it's going to take is an outstanding NIL deal. And I think that him waiting is giving Ohio State and the NIL uh, group that works with us the opportunity to come up with that deal. Now, this is the thing. A uh, you know a rookie quarterback that goes in the top five, and I think we can all agree CJ is going to go in the top five. I don't think he is the number one pick right now um, overall, but I do think he's top five. So you're looking at somewhere between 31 and $40 million over four years. Uh, probably 20 to, tw- uh, 20 to 30 of that's going to be in the form, or 20 to 28 of that's going to be in the form of a signing bonus. So here's the thing. I think it's going to take an NIL deal worth approximately $10 million to get him to stay. Ooh. But at the wow. same time, I think it's conceivably possible. And I think he's giving Ohio State and the NIL groups that work with us the opportunity to come up with that deal before he declares. You know, the first year of his contract is the lowest paid year in, in, in his contract. His first year in the league will be his lowest paid year in the league. If he gets a $10 million NIL deal, he's actually going to make more money that first year than he would coming out. Now, granted, the signing bonus money would be more, but, you know, he, he comes back for a year. He gets his, say, $10 million NIL deal. He goes out next year. Maybe he has earned the spot as the number one pick. Now, I've heard everybody saying it's going to be uh, uh, like the, the kid uh, from USC is going to be the number one quarterback coming out next year. You know what? If CJ comes in, he breaks those records at Ohio State. He has another phenomenal year. He wins a natty. He, he beats that team up north. He wins a Big Ten championship. He is a Heisman front runner for the third year in a row and, and hopefully wins it. I think he's still the number one pick. I think that actually increases his payday, obviously, if he's the number one overall pick as a quarterback. So I think that the potential is there. What it comes down to is can Buckeye Nation and the NIL groups make a deal worthy of him coming back? He's got to do what's right for him and his family, and I think, in my opinion, it's going to take at least a $10 million NIL deal to get him back. I've heard rumors of $4 million. I have not heard $10 million. That's That's crazy sick money. Um, Ryan Wickerham says, as far as our last question goes, yes, they did. We sure did, talking about the roster. Um, so here are some, here's some questions that some put out there for us. Uh, Vinny says, here's a question. If CJ comes back... Do the backups, I'm talking about the quarterbacks, do they leave? I think that we see McCord leave. I think Devin Brown stays uh, if CJ comes back because he's a year younger. I think McCord is getting to that point where he uh, is wanting playing time. He's going to be upset because this should be his team this year, in his opinion. He's came out on Twitter and said as much. So if it comes down to CJ coming back or if somehow Devin Brown should leapfrog him on the depth chart, 
uh, Kyle McCord's gone either way. Kyle McCord only stays if he is the starting quarterback, and I can't fault him for that. You know, he has waited. Me neither. He has waited his two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been a good teammate, a good sport. He, he's been productive when he comes in. I can't fault the guy if he doesn't get a starting nod this year. I I can completely understand him leaving, and I believe he will. Our buddy Lenny Zabo. Well, even though we have criticized our D and defensive backs, we shut down Brock Bowers. Look what he did against TCU. So, uh, again, commenting about our first question there on whether we had the best roster in 2022 now that the national championship has been played. Welcome in, Lenny. Good to see you, or at least good to read what you had to say, Lenny. <laughs> One of my buddies there. All right. Um, Ryan Wickerham says, uh, if uh, – if uh, CJ comes back and stays healthy, he wins the Heisman, and we will win the Natty. So there you have that. And uh, so I don't disagree. Although I, I the, don't either. This is the one thing, and we're going to talk about it. I'm sure here in a couple minutes. But that offensive line is going to have some work to do. Yes, yes, they are. Okay, let's go on to our uh, next topic here. Um, with uh, with who's coming back. Uh, with those coming back anyways, who was the most important? So we know, let's see if we can go through the list in our heads here. So we've got uh, Matthew Jones, right? Left yep. guard. We've got uh, Tommy Two Thumbs, <laughs> as, we, as we have learned his Steel nickname. Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers is coming back. Uh, the two, two linebackers. You got Kate Stover, the tight end. He is coming back. So those are the four. For sure, that are coming back. Xavier Johnson, I guess you could throw him in there as well as uh, the Swiss Army knife. So the question is, out of those guys that we know who are coming back, obviously if CJ comes back, he trumps all of this. Yes. But for those guys who are coming back, who is the most important and why? For me, uh, you know, it would be easy to say the two linebackers because I think that they are the anchor of that defense. But for me, I think it's got to be Matthew Jones. We have an offensive line that's going to be, you know, at least three new starters on that line next year. Because we're, we're losing both tackles and we're losing uh, Whipler to the draft. So I think that Jones coming back is important as far as adding stability to that line, adding leadership to that line. Um and I think that's going to be critical, whether it's CJ or Kyle McCord behind center. We need to have that stability on the line. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, I, I, you know my answer is personally going to be Tommy Two Thumbs and, and yeah. Kate Stover. I think, I think they're, they're, one and, huge. they're one in the same. Um, you know, our inability to pick up that tight end and, and the transfer portal I thought was big. We saw how bad – that affected our offense with Kate Stover out of it. And I know Kate yeah. Stover's gotten some some heat from some people, and I don't understand why. He had one of the best um, – one of the best seasons by a tight end that I can remember since, like, what, Ricky Dudley? Yeah. You, you know, and this is what it comes down to. He had some rough spots in the game against that team up north, Eric. And that is what it comes down to. That's where the criticism comes from. Because 99% of the snaps this guy took this year, man, he was good. He was real good. He did have some fall, uh, some flaws against uh, that team up north, and I think that is where the criticism comes from. 
Because as you know, as a Buckeye fan, Eric, there, there are two things that have to happen every year, like we've talked about all along. You have to beat that team up north, and, and you have to win your bowl game. Yeah. So I think he did his part to win the bowl game right up to the point where he was injured. But, uh, you, you know, that's that's where that criticism sperm, uh, or comes from. So. Uh, Ryan Wickerham says Stover because all of his experience and will get so much better at blocking. And let's see here. Uh, we also said eat. Uh, this is from Larry. He says Ike and Stover are huge. So Eichenberg and Cade Stover having them back. Yeah, that leadership in the locker room. They're going to be team captains. Yeah. They were team captains this year, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, so that that's going to be massive, man, having those guys back. All right, um, next question here as we just trudge along here because I, I definitely want to bring in our special guest. Yes. He's here. I see him. Uh, yeah. So I cannot wait to get Mike Wargo in here, although, Mike, you might want to turn your camera the other direction. You're sideways right now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but Wargo, Wargo can get a little sideways if you, if you catch my drift. <laughs> okay, so um, we'll bring him on in just a second, guys. But let's, let's go to our next uh, uh, topic here. Uh, this one is, which Buckeye who declared – for the NFL draft hurts losing the most. Again, if CJ declares, that's the obvious answer to this question, but let's uh, uh, moving CJ aside. Let's talk about the guys who already have declared your thoughts, Chris. Uh, For me, it's gotta be Luke Whipper. He was kind of our surprise uh, declare. Um, You know, I kind of forecasted it in our, uh, in our last show, but I kind of felt that was going to happen. Uh, but you know what? The game he had against the uh, Carter from Georgia, it, it established his draft position. It really did. I think he is, at worst, an early third-round pick in this draft. Uh, I'm thinking he's going to go much higher, probably mid-second round. Um, you know, it would be easy to say the tackles. But you know what? For me, it's that interior line because this is the guy you need somebody who has that experience when it comes to that quarterback center exchange, when you are dealing with a new quarterback, uh, you know, he was a leader among the line. He called the plays along the line. He, he's going to be tremendous loss to this team. Yeah. <clears throat> Ryan Wickerham says Paris Johnson, Jr. Obviously you mentioned it, Chris, the tackles are losing. The tackles are, are big, big DeWan Jones, Paris Johnson, Jr. But they, we expected them to go. Dewan was a senior. He could have taken that COVID year and come back if he wanted to as a fifth year senior. He decided he's going to go to the NFL. Paris Johnson Jr. was a true junior. So he is leaving early. He was the number one uh, recruit, five-star recruit from Ohio three years ago. Uh, he started last year as a left guard. They kicked him out the tackle here in his junior year. He's other than the, the national champ or the uh, Peach Bowl game, he did not give up a sack all season. Interesting to note, Dewan never did give up a sack all season. Although Dewan had a lot of false starts yes. this year, so he's got to clean that up if he's going to be successful in the NFL. Both of them, I think, are going to go pretty high in the NFL draft. I think Paris Johnson's a first rounder. Yeah. I think. I think Dwan Jones is a second day, which means second or third rounder. And I think Luke Whippler is going to get himself into that third round. 
Uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I think all three of these guys go in the top two rounds. Really? You I think you. you think Whipler can? Okay. I think Whipler's going to go late second round. Okay, because I've heard people say there is an uh, there's a chance he sneaks in to the the like the end of the first round. I don't think that high. Well, you know, again, these guys in the NFL, the the, the scouts, they're going to look at that game against Georgia. And that's what they're going to focus on because this is when he was playing his highest level of competition all year. Right. And he did himself a real service having that kind of game against a guy who, like we said, very well could be one of the top three picks in the draft in Jalen Carter. Uh, he looked really strong. Uh, the, the entire line, and like I said, he was a leader among that line. The offensive line looked really strong for the most part in that entire game. Yeah. So I think that that's going to go a long way. And I do think that – I don't see him as a first-rounder, but I do think he gets into the second. Um, the secondary is interesting. You know, you lose Hickman. He did, he did not have the same year this year as he did last year. Well, that's because and, the linebackers played this year. <laughs> this is true. Uh, you know, and that I don't know if the, the scheme in Jim Knowles' defense just didn't suit yeah. him well. Here's another interesting thing. Tanner McAllister did not play this well this year as he did at Oklahoma State last year as a junior. Um, I thought that was interesting this year. He's he's going as well. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think losing and, – and, and here's you know Jackson Smith and the Jigba. It's like we lost them a year ago. Right. So um, that one's hard to say as well. So and again, as far as the offensive line goes, we expected to lose those tackles. We've already we already know Donovan Johnson's going to get kicked out the same way that Johnson did last year. Right. Right. I mean, we've got a plan there already. Yeah. And and and, and here in a, in a in a week or two, we're we're going to tackle the offensive line because that's probably one of the biggest question marks going into the spring is how we're going to how we're going to piece this thing together because you have a lot of Matthew Jones was recruited as a center. Yeah. And, and I he think will, he goes to center and he will be a sixth year senior. And that is, you cannot break in. Aaron mentioned it last week, breaking in a new quarterback and a new center is not a good idea. Yeah. So, so kicking him the center might be the play here. Uh, which means that we going to, we're going to have two guards positions open up. And then there's a lot of talk that they're going to go to the transfer portal in the spring to find their other tackle. We, yeah. We'll see. There's been a lot of discussion out there that if Ohio State makes it public and makes it known, hey, we got an open starting tackle position, there's oh, going to be gonna somebody yeah. who's going to jump in the portal that you weren't anticipating to come play tackle at Ohio State. So yeah. we'll, we'll see about that. Um, all right, let's do a, take a look at your comments here real fast. Uh, see if anybody else ha- uh, has anything else. What Ryan says, Paris Johnson Jr., uh, Larry Daniels. Uh, let's see what this one is here. He says, definitely success is measured by playing against that team up north. Yes, yeah. it, is. it is. Which is why if CJ does come back, maybe he gets to rewrite that. Maybe that's a part of this. I don't know. We shall see. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we do, we're going to come back with our first ever guest on our live show. He is my friend. He is Chris's friend, and he's about to become all of your friends. Uh, That is Mr. Mike Wargo. He is known as the Rudy of Ohio State football, so hang around for this, guys. 
The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, and we are back, and there he is, Rudy of Ohio State, Mike Wargo. How you doing? <laughs> doing good, Mike. How are you doing tonight in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Doing phenomenal. It's cold, but it's a beautiful night. I actually did some walking today, and uh, and still breathing, man. So I'm feeling great. Good for you. Good for you. Hey, man. We first off. Thank you so much for being our first ever guest on our live show. We couldn't think of anybody we wanted to be number one than you, my friend. You have been such a great supporter of our podcast, uh, having us come over to Pittsburgh two years now to, to do a show for the Pittsburgh Alumni, Ohio State Alumni Association of Pittsburgh. That's been a just a treat, man. It's been a lot of fun. So we, we want to thank you publicly for that. And thank you as well. Right back at you, you guys. We really appreciate you coming, uh, coming on all that way to Pittsburgh uh, for our game watches. Uh, really, uh, with the Marietta event last year, uh, they all were ecstatic. You guys came out, and uh, it was for a great call. So thank you as well. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome. And I tell you, we're looking forward to to going back next year. We've already talked about that. Uh, we are ecstatic about that. I think there's going to be a group of uh, of crazy Buckeyes heading over there to PA to, to party with you, man. It, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Gonna have a great time. That was a fun night. It was, it was great. All right. Um, so let, let me do this before, before we dive into this, I know you and I talked about this the other night, Mike, I want everybody, first off, if you're watching this from Pennsylvania or you watch the uh, live, or if you watch this on replay on YouTube, if you watch the video, Mike, Who's the official podcast of the Alumni Association of Pittsburgh? The OHIO podcast is the official podcast of the Ohio of the Pittsburgh Alumni Association. <laughs> there we Alumni. go. I love it, man. That is that is so awesome, dude. It's so great. Okay. So for those who don't know you, Mr. Wargo, and by the way, Larry Daniels, he's the first one to welcome you to the live show. Thank you, Larry Daniels, for welcoming Thanks. Mr. Mike Wargo. Um, there you go. Um, so for those who don't know you, Mike, why are you known as the Rudy of Ohio State football? Okay, well, uh, a long, long time ago, uh, about uh, over 30 years ago, I was in high school and uh, I was never – you know, your superstar athlete. I was the guy that always was uh, the last in gym class. Yeah, you ever go in a gym class in like third grade and they're picking teams and nobody wants you? That was me. So, you know, I was, I was the fat kid growing up and uh, I finally started playing football in junior high. Got my butt kicked every single day. My dad would never let me quit. God rest his soul. Uh, you know, great guy. He never let me quit. I wanted to quit my first year. What did I get myself into? And every single year, I just I felt a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And then uh, in Ohio, I moved from Philadelphia area to Ohio. And my senior year, I finally earned a starting spot at uh, right offensive tackle. And I was feeling really good about myself. I'm like, I actually started on varsity. I had a great year. And then I was always thought about college football. Um, I grew up and, you know, don't hold this against me. 
was a Penn State fan. Obviously, uh, I saw the light uh, on that, but I was a Penn State fan. And then my dad said, hey, we got a job in Cleveland. I got a job in Cleveland. We're moving out to Ohio. So I moved out to a town called Hudson, Ohio. And uh, my senior year, uh, I just I wanted to play Division One football, man. You know, I went to the Penn State games, how cool that was. And uh, some some smaller schools were interested in me, and I just said, you know what, I want to want to play for for a bigger school, and uh, you know I, I didn't really know much about Ohio State. I got invited uh, just on a track meet by happenstance. Uh, the guy that was the, the starting shot putter uh, wasn't on a team anymore, so I went to this track meet at Ohio State. Got invited to an indoor track meet. I know I, you apply to Ohio State because if you're in Ohio, you just apply to Ohio State. I didn't think much of it. I went to me, totally fell in love with the place. So incredible. You know, we're driving by the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, and then I'm I'm walking around the campus. I see Ohio Stadium. And then I saw that. I said, you know what? Like, like you only live one time. Whatever it takes, I want to try to run out on that field. So my plans totally changed. I was going to play Division Three. come back. I get accepted to Ohio State uh, that Monday. And I just told everybody, Man, I want to play for Ohio State, and people thought I was crazy. You know, they thought uh, I got hit in the head too many times or what have you. So uh, I made it down on campus, um, figured out, tried to figure out how do you make it as a non-recruited walk-on, just an average Joe student on the Ohio State football team. So uh, I asked around. The way they did it back then is you had to try out for their winter conditioning program. Now, I'm a kid right now that, you know, my senior year was like 1989, 1990, I didn't play football. And then January 91 is when I tried out for the football team for the first time. Didn't do that much conditioning. So uh, I tried out for winter conditioning, embarrassed myself. You know, wasn't even selected, not even close to being selected to go on. Kind of forgot about it. Yeah, you know, I'm never going to make the team or whatever. Had fun on high street, enjoyed being a student. And in springtime, they had a practice in the stadium. I lived in Moral Tower, which is right next to Ohio Stadium. Saw him practicing, and that sparked it again that I wanted to try out. So I just uh, I just smiled and dialed. I called uh, the football office, and uh, a guy named Bill Conley, great guy. He was a recruiting coordinator at the time. He played for the Buckeyes in the early 70s. He said, come on down and, uh, and, and talk to me. So I went to visit him in the spring, and I told him, I said, you know, I tried out the first time, and I didn't make it. And he said, you know what? He goes, work your ass off, do a lot of running. Come on down, give me a call August 1st, and we'll set up another tryout for you. So, you know, I was working at SeaWorld of Ohio. All I did was I did some running at night, not really conditioning, not really understanding what you have to do to be a Buckeye football player. And I went down and I tried out, ran like a 40 time. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is over. They're never going to pick me. I'm at peace with it. I did the best I could. I called him the next day. He was like, uh, you know, what's your social security number? And, uh, you know, I'm trying to wonder why does this guy want my social security number if he's not going to let me on a team? And then he gave me this big pep talk. I'm going to run an academic check, but don't waste my time. If you're going to quit the first day, don't waste my time. And you want to come down here, uh, you know, give it a shot. And I'm, I'm starting to shake. I, you know, I, I was just told I made the Ohio State football team. So I go down. Um, at this point, I arrive uh, on a team. This is August of 91. Uh, the night before, I'm terrified. Like, what am I getting myself into here? I haven't played football in two years. I see those guys coming in. <laughs> you know, there was a, a big part of me that just wanted to just drive home. But, uh, you know, somehow I made it through the practices. I got knocked around a lot. My first year was the roughest. I was out of shape. 
they never gave up on me. Uh, you know, they kept working with me and I came back and I just kept working harder and harder. And then the rest of it was from there. So I'm very lucky and honored to be an Ohio State Buckeye. That is awesome, man. It's such a, uh, this is, I've heard this story from you multiple times now. And every time I get goosebumps, dude, it's so canny how your story lines up with the Rudy movie and the story. It, it's just, it's crazy how similar it is. Now, uh, those of you who have not seen the um, article or the the news article on Channel Four that was ran of Mike and some of his on uh, teammates that were walk ons, uh, we posted that. I think it was last night or this morning, one of the two. We posted it on our Facebook page. Go check that out. Uh, I was able to t- find a clip of that. I think you posted on YouTube years ago, Mike. Is what when I we first met. Yeah, when we first met. Yeah, I grabbed that and 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 I I wanted to share that with all of you. Um, it's pretty cool to to watch that. But I've got a treat, man. Uh, by the way, uh, Ryan says awesome story, dude. And Ryan, don't you worry. We are going to make sure that you get hooked up with this guy for your tailgate. Oh man, Eric, uh, are we sure that's a good idea? Let these two guys party together. When <laughs> it's like it's like Jupiter and Saturn just collide, and that that tailgate, I'm just we have got to be there for that one. I'm just there to document it. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be there to document it. That, that'll be a good time. That'll be a great time. Um, anyways, so that being said, I've got a treat. So so we're going to show all of you the Rudy moment in just a second. We've got a clip of the moment that Wargo became Rudy and got on the field. And there's a joke that Rudy was offsides. Did you false start a little bit there? I was so excited. I mean, <laughs> no, I'll, 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 if you guys want to play it first, I'll give the description of what I went through. I could do that first. I mean, uh, well, what what we'll do is let's do this. Okay, we're we're gonna show the clip in just a second. There's no audio on it. I took the audio off because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of weird rules when you're on video, especially live. So I took the audio off. This is just a, a video clip. But maybe you can set this up for us because the video clip starts the down before you, oh, hit, yeah. you hit the field. So tell everybody what's going on. Okay, so uh, when I was a walk-on, when I made the team, um, I didn't play my first year, didn't play my second year, and then my third year – it was looking like I was never, ever going to get in. You know, uh, I, I almost played against Northwestern. So, I, you know, I was really thinking at that point of quitting the program. I'm like, well, I'm, I know that's horrible to say, but, uh, you know, it's just it was hard to stay up for it. And then uh, an article came out like in practice. I just one day somebody from the dispatch wanted to talk to me. One of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life is this Rudy movie, because what happened was that movie came out in like September, early October. Uh, in my locker room, in the locker room, uh, I got a, a re- interview request from the dispatch. I thought the guys were playing a prank on me, like who would want to talk to me? Must be a really slow news day. So a guy from the dispatch talked to me, and he basically was like, why do you do this? You know, you come out here all the time. You're colliding with, uh, you know, Dan Wilkinson. If you remember, I pretty much had to go up against him every single day. Big daddy. 94 draft. You can go right down the list. I mean, all those guys were just – they were just mostly future NFL stars. And I just said, you know what? It's so cool to be a Buckeye. And that, that reminded me of why I was doing this. It's an honor to, to run out on that field every single day, 
how many people ever get a chance to do that? You know, there's like a hundred players on the team. There's probably, you know, 30,000 guys on campus. And I just thought it was awesome. And coach Cooper must've been reading that. And I got to give the guy a lot of credit. He actually read the, I didn't know if he actually read the paper and somebody told him about that, about the story. And I was really positive. I was very positive about the program. I'm like, I'm honored to be here. I do think one day I'll get a chance to play. And he either read that or somebody told him about it. Penn State was that week. And, you know, I mean, Penn State, I figured if I was ever going to play, it's going to be against like Northwestern, against like, you know, Youngstown State or wherever we were playing like a really small squad. That's the only chance I was ever going to get to play. So if you would have told me I would have gotten in that game, you know, I think I would have had a better chance of hitting the Powerball. So I'm totally off guard. Um, the game's winding down. All of a sudden, everybody's screaming, Wargo, 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 Wargo. And I'm, why is everybody screaming my name? And Coach Cooper goes, you know, Wargo, get up here. And I'm like, the coach wants to talk to me. And he goes, I hear you weren't in the game yet, and we're going to change that right now. And my heart's like, can you imagine this moment? This was like a nationally televised game. It was yeah. the first time we played against Penn State since they reentered the Big Ten. Yep. I just had the realization that I'm going to have to go into the football game. This is like I'm from the Philadelphia area, Ohio. Everybody I know, relatives, family, are probably watching this game on TV. You had the big guys, Keith Jackson, Bob Grise, they were the legends of that time, doing the game. So, like, I'm starting to shake. I'm just, you know, when you're just trying to come to terms with something crazy is about to happen. And then I just remember Cooper pointing in the game, I had to calm down. And I just, I kind of just went into this zone. I said, okay, well, it's Penn State's defense. You go up against Ohio State's first team defense every single day in practice. You've been doing it for three years. How much worse could this possibly be than when I go up against every single day? That doesn't mean I was going to do good, but I went into it. And then I lined up at right guard. And then, uh, you know, what you'll see in a second, I got, I hit two guys. Thank God I didn't jump off sides. And there's <laughs> nightmares that that happened. Like if there's a back to the future, you know, he's going to jump off sides and this isn't going to happen, you know, but, uh, Thank God the ref must have just been like, yeah, it's the last play who cares. So uh, it, it was I did. I went in motion. I didn't really jump offside. And then, you know, thank God, like, you know, the plays, I knew what to do. Like, you know, you, when you're on scout team, you're just studying off of cards of the plays of the opposing offense. You know, you're mimicking them. I'm like, all right, this was a right 22. I think it was a fullback ISO or whatever, right 22. And I know, okay, this guy's lining up in the, in the technique and I'm going to and, and it's just for whatever reason, everything worked perfectly. Expect for almost jumping off sides. I blocked two guys. I had 100% blocking grade. So the coach said, you, you had 100% blocking grade. So I left Ohio State with 100% blocking grade. And it was just an incredible experience. Oh, that is awesome. All right, we're going to show you the video. And I think we can actually talk through this this week. I, I think I set this up properly. So I'm going to go ahead and transition this video over for us. And so I don't know if you can see this, Mike, or not. But, um, okay. okay, let me go ahead and see if I can't play this video and talk us through what's going on here, okay? <clears throat> so this is the play before. I can't that, see it. Okay, you can't see it. So I've seen it a hundred billion times. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Eddie George just went off right tackle. There's right. Thir there's 32 seconds left. He's he's hugging. Uh, is that Bobby Hoying? I think is, the, is. Qu the quarterback there. And now Cooper's pointing in, and 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 some guys are running on the field. Here yep. you come. So yep. some guys are, and Bobby Hoying's like, what the heck? Who are these guys? I don't even know who these people are. Okay, now he's telling you guys to play. There you are, Wargo. You're you're listening in. Your your heart's probably going a hundred miles an hour. I'm standing up 
figuring like, oh my God, I'm in the game. I almost forget to get in my stance. <laughs> so apparently no one can see this video. I'm just, I'm reading now. Oh, that's, that's a shame. No one can see this video. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. <laughs> I wish they could see this. You can't see All right. A picture of you in its place, Eric. Is there? Oh, well, that that stinks. Let's go. Let's go back up to this one then, and transition back to that. Well, we obviously are trying. What can we say? I'm trying to. I'm trying to 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 get that to work. Uh, maybe. Uh, let's see. Maybe if I do this. Anyways, so. The play happens, Wargo. And and I tell you what, folks, get your questions ready for Mike Wargo. You can ask him anything about his time at Ohio State, what it was like being the Rudy of Ohio State. Um, you can ask him questions about the team. He was actually at the Peach Bowl. So you can ask him about his experience down there in, in Hotlanta. Uh, while I try to figure out this video thing here. So get those questions ready. But let's start there, Mike. How was your trip to Atlanta? Obviously, the outcome of the game didn't go great, but how was your trip to the Peach Bowl? Absolutely incredible time. I went down, like, yeah, I always stayed at the Atlanta airport, never actually went into the into the city. So I went down, um, hung out with a high school buddy, ran into a lot of guys that we tailgate. So um, just got to got to drink a whole half yard of beer, which is like that big. Um, the Braves Stadium is beautiful and went down uh, – they had uh, the fun fest, the fan fest or whatever, and it was good. The game, obviously the game, you couldn't ask for anything more as far as effort-wise from the Buckeyes. It was absolutely incredible. We had the best team in college football on the ropes until the last second. I mean, let's face facts. I don't I don't think they ever led during that game, Georgia. Um, you know, but what I honestly what I felt like, and, I, you know, it's nobody, no one person is to blame. It's just the way things work out. You know, I think to win a national championship, you got to have a little bit of luck go your way. Sure. But I felt like I won that Mega Millions, and then I dropped the ticket and somebody else got it. That's oh. What I oh. But I can't I, – I had an incredible time. I wasn't ups- – I mean, I was sad when the field goal kick was missed. But, but you know, everybody expected us, and you know it. I mean, how many guys are like, we shouldn't even go. We're going to get pushed around. We're going to get embarrassed. That flat out did not happen. Right. No. Uh, what are you going to say? I mean, it, that should be our national championship. But I'm going to say whatever it feels. Let's try this video one more time. Let's see if we can't get this to work. Can you see the video this time, guys? Uh, no. I can't see anything yet. Nothing yet. I just Nothing. a picture of you pop back up, Eric. No, all right. Well, we'll we'll go back to where we were at here. So let's see. Now it's not letting me take it off. Uh, exit media share there we go oh that's why okay let's see here beautiful technology what can you say <laughs> zoom drives me nuts still <laughs> thank god let's, you much. let's go back to war go there there we go i'm trying to learn this what can you say i apologize guys i gotta tell you eric i have got a ton of ohio state fans who are on my facebook page and this is not a lie I must have had a hundred different people post about a thousand different pictures, and I swear to you that Mike Wargo was in every single one of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if he knew all these people. There, it just seemed like he was there in every single picture I saw, the entire day following the the national championship game. Yeah, we had a blast just meeting with people down there. I mean, like our tailgate group. And I, I embarrassingly, I haven't, I didn't get to go to an Ohio State home game this year. I just had a lot of things going on uh, with my life, so I got, I had to go to the bowl game. 
And uh, it was just great to see all those guys and, 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 and just take pictures. And I got to see the places in Atlanta. So it was just an incredible time until the very end. But what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. All right, here's a couple questions. Let's start with Larry uh, Larry Daniel's question for you here, Mike. He says, what was the conditioning like at that time? What was your height, weight back then, and who did you hang out with? Those are good questions. Um, great questions. Uh, I was, well, I'm, I guess I'm 6'1", 6'2". That didn't change. Uh, I wish I was at this weight again. I was 270. <laughs> I, I'd love to be there again, maybe one day. But I was 270. And uh, the conditioning coach was a, a guy named Dave Kennedy, and he was a very respected strength and conditioning coach. Um, he moved on to to being in the pros. I, I think he might have retired now. But, um, uh, for example, our conditioning tests, uh, what we would do for conditioning. So back then, and I can't imagine what they go through now, but back then um, there was summer conditioning. The NCAA back then couldn't force you to stay um, in the summertime. But guess what? If you didn't stay, you really didn't have a shot to play, right? So right. it was the unwritten rule. You had to do it. And uh, we would start off with like two-mile runs. I, I hate long-distance running. hated it back then. And then we would go to every single week, we would go to like uh, 10, 200 yards, uh, go like touch the, touch the goal line and come back. And then uh, we would work up to doing, and this was like we knew we were getting ready for the test. The last week of conditioning, we'd do 26 110-yard sprints. So if you could do that, we get a break at 10, we get a break at 17. The lineman had to make it in under 18 seconds for each 100-yard sprints. And then your conditioning tests, what we did back then was we had to run four gassers. Now, gassers are you get on the, the sideline, and then you run, you touch the out down back. It's like a shuttle run. Right. You go down back, down back. The lineman had to do it in under 40 seconds. You had one-minute rest. And then you had to make four of those in your times. And uh, the guys that weren't doing the conditioning, you know, they would fall fall on their face and everything. And then if you did make that, life became a lot more miserable because you would be with uh, what's called dawn patrol. And so before doing all your two-a-days and everything you have to do, which you're drained enough, you have to you have to do that conditioning test every single day until you make it. So that's basically what we did. Um, the winter conditioning was the toughest. So basically the season would end. And then we would do what's called winter conditioning. And that was we would have to wake up at 6 in the morning. We would have stations. The stations would start off at three minutes, and they would go to five minutes. That doesn't sound like a lot, but for three minutes, like one of them, you're pushing a two-by-four on the AstroTurf field. Uh, the second one, maybe you're, you're, you're pulling slight. You're doing all kinds of different things. Um, our defensive coordinator at the time, you did not want to upset him. You, his station, you had to do it just right, or you had to keep going. So I, the winter conditioning is what I detested the most. That was uh, the most difficult thing. Yeah. All right. Good questions there. Uh, who did you hang out with? Who did I hang out with? Just, uh, you know, I, I just had – I was friends with pretty much everybody on the team. Um, you know, we get together. Uh, you know, mainly walk-ons a lot of times hung out with other walk-ons kind of like because we were in the same group. But we'd have uh, we'd have parties and everything, and, and those guys were there. I mean, I wasn't really close friends with the famous guys, but – you know, sometimes we would we would hang out. I really hung out basically with people more in my shoes, um, you know, as far as that goes. So, Okay. All right, here's one for you. Uh, this one is from Ryan. Uh, how did the other players treat you on the team, you know, uh, as far as treating you? So, so if you remember, like, Rudy in the movie Rudy, man, he gets pretty much dogged until he earns their respect. Yes. How did How did the players treat you? Uh, when it first started, um, 
basically 99% of them treated me awesomely. Um, my first year was the toughest because I wasn't in very good shape and I had trouble making my conditioning times and stuff. I had like a two-year layoff. Imagine not playing football for two years and then trying to play for Ohio State. That's what I was going through. But, you know, I never quit. There were times I wanted to walk away and I got embarrassed and stuff and I came back the next day. And, uh, you know, that respect uh, really just started to grow. There were like any kind of a team situation or a couple guys that kind of were like, you know, bullies. But, you know, you got respect. I came back every single day, blocked. Um, you know, I, I think I got respect for that. And if you look at that video, my favorite part of that video really isn't the play itself. It's when you go in, I got four or five guys that were starters on Ohio State gave me hugs when I came onto that field in that one video. So, like, guys, unfortunately, one was Jason Winrow. He was a starting guard, and he's not with us anymore. He passed away in 2012. Um, you know, DJ Jones and, uh, I went in for a guy named Rod Smith, great guy. And, uh, you know, I love the camaraderie. So by the second and third year, they were just awesome. They're great players. It's nice seeing them when you see them, if you go to an Ohio state game or something, it's just like, you know, you pick up where you left off. So they treated me 99% awesomely. Chris, get a question ready. I'm, uh, uh, here. So, so I gotta, I gotta know Wargo. After this is all done, this has all happened and mm -hmm. everything at the time, did you ever in your wildest mind think that all these years later, almost 20 years later, actually 30 years later, if I do my math right here, yeah, almost 30 years later that you would be sitting here on a podcast <laughs> talking no. about this one moment, no. this one moment where where – and, and it has brought so many people joy like this. It's to me, it's, it's so much the Rudy story that you, you know, you said it, you said it earlier, you know, you owed a lot of gratitude to the movie Rudy because it really has been a big part of your life. I never saw the field. I mean, let's face facts. And, and for whatever reason, I, I think it's just, and, and, and you know, the thing I don't want to do, there's so many other walk-ons are exactly the same as me. And for whatever reason, I get this attention, but there's so many other guys that played. And my goal, honestly, I mean, my goal wasn't to be the Rudy of Ohio State. My goal was to start. My goal was, you know, I mean, when you're 22, you have these crazy dreams. And I had that one play. I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a start to something great. My goal was to do that. But I love being a Rudy of Ohio State. It's so cool. I love that movie. It's the best I could possibly do. And no. I mean, for many years after that happened in the 90s, you know, nobody even knew. I think with the advent of social media and me just posting some memories of, of, of uh, the football team and everything, this grew into that. So it's really incredible, and I'm just so honored. And I'm honored that you guys uh, I, I always have me on your show, and it's just I love doing it every single time. Chris, fire away. All right, Mike. You, you played for Coach Cooper. Yes. Now, Co Coach Cooper, you know, catches a lot of criticism from a lot of Ohio State fans, but certainly does. Just, just co comes off as just a super, super nice guy. He is. So, what is your favorite Coach Cooper story? My favorite Coach. Well, obviously, that's my favorite one. Where you get, Wargo getting a game because uh, you know, okay, and when okay, you outside of that, I, I know there's got to be something that th this guy did that was just a little off the wall or off the beaten path. But. <laughs> I'm trying to think when you're a walk-on, obviously um, nobody, and this is what's tough when you're like a walk-on, the coaches, like they won't even acknowledge you. Like I, I, my locker was across from Bobby Hoy. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? You having a good day? Hey, you going? And I'm like, Hey coach. And they would just look and walk away. 
And uh, <laughs> we, I tested him one time. He had a call-in show, and I just wanted to know if he knew I existed. So, you know, it's not like the fancy podcast. This is like you called it. His show was Thursday night, so I had my, my roommate call in. You know, I was wondering about Mike Wargo, and he's like, Mike Wargo's an offensive line. He, like, knew everything about me. And I don't think, like, he was I – mean, he, he knew. And I was just really impressed about that. I'm like, the guy, because he, you know, he, and then finally, like the second or third, he was like, hey, Wargo, how you doing? But, you know, when you're first year walk on, man, you are just an invisible person. And I thought that was really awesome. Um, the thing I loved about him is he was just an incredibly tough person. Um, I'll give you one. Uh, when we lost it, this was 1992. And we started off and we had a great start. We played Louisville. We beat them. It was a close one, but we beat Louisville. I was at that game. I was actually okay. at that Louisville game. Yeah. 1992. We beat Bowling Green. And then we lost to Syracuse the year before in the Hall of Fame Bowl. Mm-hmm. So this was – we had to go to the Carrier Dome. I guess that's where they played then, if I remember right. We had to go to the Carrier Dome, and we just beat the hell out of them. We had a great game. Like, we were moving up in the rankings and everything. And then um, we lost to Wisconsin – and then we lost to Illinois. That was just a, that was a disaster of a game. And I just remember Cooper talking to us, and he goes, "You know, guys, you got to stick together. You got to bound around." And he goes, "You know, they're going to be coming for me." And some guy goes in the locker room, "Come on, And then somebody just screamed in the locker room when he did that. But the guy was just incredibly tough. He was a super nice guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that 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 did really care. Um, Another one, one, one Coach Cooper memory, and I really appreciate it now, is how my career ended is my kneecap dislocated in spring practice my senior year. And, you know, when you get in that game, obviously it's intoxicating. I wanted to do anything to play again, but I just I, – I either had to have surgery or it was over. So I tried, to, I tried to play football without the surgery. And he came up to me during the physical, and he's like, look, you know, he goes – if I wanted to make dog meat out of you, I could have you go out there, but you could be crippled for life. You know, if I was your father, I'd say you got to hang it up. And I, I felt horrible at that time. But looking back on it, looking back on it, you know, that was really a good thing to do. Because, you know, I don't I, I couldn't be on the team anymore because I would have really gotten messed up if I would have tried to practice with that. And, and my biggest regret is he offered me a student coaching like internship position. But I was so upset I couldn't be on the team anymore. I just I left the team, and that was my biggest regret I ever had. I'd give anything to go back. I would I would have been like a student assistant. And look at what these coaches make today. So you know, maybe would have led to something. But that was my biggest regret. But I really appreciated that. He's a great man. Um, I wish people would judge him more by what his Michigan record is, because in my opinion, he did an awful lot. He did an awful lot. He grew the program from. With Earl Bruce, there wasn't that many athletes uh, at the end of the Earl Bruce and not, not taking a shot at Earl Bruce, just what I've always been told. He got the expert athletes. He was a hell of a recruiter. And let's face facts, a couple of those games, there was no college football playoff. I'm not going to go back and rewrite history, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But in 2014, we had a horrible loss against Virginia Tech and we went on to win the championship. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, nobody really goes undefeated, it seems anymore in football it's really hard to do so you know he's done a great job and uh he's just a great guy but yes not gonna make excuses the michigan record is horrible and the bowl record was not that good either but you know what mike i've had that made that same argument before that if if cooper would have been coaching in a playoff era yeah i think he's got a minimum of two national titles 
I, I think it's very, very close. I mean, the one that stings the most is 1993. We won the Big Ten. Uh, we won the Big Ten, and we were undefeated. And we just we laid an egg against Michigan. We lost 28 to nothing. And, you know, here's another Michigan back then was kind of like the Michigan in the last couple of years. Um, I think you have to weigh that in a little bit with that rivalry. Not taken away from Jim Trussell, not taken away from Urban, but I think the Michigan teams like in the early 2010s kind of were very weak compared to the Michigan teams. <laughs> no excuse, Ohio State, you got to beat Michigan, period. Uh, Tom uh, Tom here says, and thanks for listening and watching, Tom. Appreciate that. Your jersey number was 70, but what was your original uh, number when you got to Ohio State? I was 57. So um, I was number 57. So basically when you're a walk-on, you're a double number. And um, yeah, obviously there's over 100 kids on the team, so that, yeah, I double numbered. Um, and then finally, like, they'll give you your own number. So I was 70. I like to talk about Tom Heppelfinger. Um, he was a walk-on under the Jim Trestle era. And he's actually writing a book about walk-ons. And he asked me to, uh, to, uh, to be in his book as far as to represent the 90s. And he's also, uh, I think he's on a coaching staff for Tennessee State under Eddie George. That's a guy you guys might want to talk to sometime. He's been a friend of mine for over 10 years, just pure determination. So, Tom, thanks for asking that question. Tom? Hook me up, brother. We want to talk to you, my man. Absolutely. He has an extremely inspiring story as well. Very, very cool. Very cool. Thanks for thanks for that question, Tom. And we will be in touch, my friend. All right, we're we're actually after nine o'clock. It's that time we got to start wrapping this thing up, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, Mike Wargo. It's been awesome, and I got one more we need to throw out here. Let me see if I can find this comment. I would I, I would be remiss if I did not. Um, here we go. Here you go, Ryan. Hope to get to meet you at my tailgate next season. Ryan said. So I'm, I'm going to hit more games. I might hit the spring game. Do you guys know what a spring game is this year? No. I think it's probably mid to late April, so yeah. hopefully I'll see everybody there. And uh, we'll do some tailgating and have some fun, and uh, my schedule should be a little more cleared up this year, so I'll get some more home games. Beautiful. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll make that happen, Ryan. We'll see if we uh, we'll see if we can't get Wargo down to your tailgate, man. All right, guys. Uh, oh, here, one more, one more. we got to get Lenny in here. Good stuff. Lenny Zabo says good stuff, so Thanks. we appreciate that. Uh, the he's a the Billy Bob backyard barbecue, you know that one, don't you? Yeah. So, um, all right, guys, that's our show for this week, man. This can has I, been a lot I of fun. One minute? Can I can I take thirty seconds? All yours. Go yeah. for it, Mike. All yours. Buckeye pep band. Okay, so we're all disappointed. You know, I'm still kind of in mourning, but I'm going to play a song, and then we're officially going to move on. It's going to be a new year. We have a Pittsburgh Buckeye pep band. <laughs> Next time you come out, and it's me on trumpets, but we're going to play this song. It might not be perfect, but we're going to move on from this last season. I'm going to play this. My neighbors are calling the cops. <laughs> Go, Bucks. Go Bucks. All right. That was awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, we got to do this because I know it's, I know it's, Wargo does this. We got to do this. OH! I-O! In Michigan! 
<laughs> there you go guys uh have a great time we'll see you All next right. sunday next sunday we will be back at eight o'clock thank you so much mike until next time uh ohio go bucks be kind to one another take care everybody take care oh come let's sing oh praise and songs through while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, yo Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.